Welcome to Inside Yorkshire with Susan, bringing you intriguing details about the lives of people here in Yorkshire. So, come on in and join us. Hello, Susan here inside Yorkshire. Now today I'm sitting in a beautiful location with Cathy Scott, owner of Ginger Tree Holistic Skin Clinic. They're based, or she's based at Ask Stables, Richmond. And this is a fabulous setting, Cathy. Good morning. Good morning, Susan. Thank you very much for coming. <laughs> um, it is an amazing setting. Um, when I started in this business, I was really always aiming never to be on the high street. So I'm not a beauty salon. I'm not a spa, I'm something in between, offering high-end, holistic and skin advice, education, treatments and products to people who are really, really interested in seeing a difference in their skin health. Uh, And if skin is healthy, then skin is beautiful. Um, And uh, this really is the perfect location for me. I've been in a few other places, um, which were definitely also very beautiful, um, but the trouble with those was is I kept getting moved on because the owners of the premises needed the space for something else. So I was inside a hotel um, and coming here means that this is an environment which is totally dedicated to renting out to businesses. So you have a proper contract. They're keen for you to stay unless you totally trash the place. You know, it's unlikely they're ever going to ask you to leave. Um, and it's just so beautifully run by the Zetland Estate. And uh, this literally used to be the stables. And the room you're sitting in now, which has the most gorgeous fireplace in it, this was groom's quarters. Right. Yes, well, how luxurious for the grooms then. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It's it's beautiful. I mean, from you open the door and the all-pervading um, scent that greets you as you yeah. literally walk in, yes. it's a, fe- a feeling of... Um, of luxury, really, I yes. think. But I know that you've got a fabulous background in all of this. What actually brought you to Richmond, or at least to Yorkshire, Cathy? Well, um, it started over 20 years ago. Um, I actually was in the HR and training and facilitation business. I was self-employed, and I lived just outside um, near Wimbledon, um, just outside London. And I couldn't afford to buy a house down there. And at the time, um, I travelled constantly with my job. So it didn't really matter where I lived, just as long as I could access flights to America, Europe, trains, good motorway links. And when I looked at various parts of the uh, country, um, along the A1 corridor was really an ideal place. I was very familiar with Darlington and Yarm. And so I looked there initially, uh, but Yarm was very expensive. Mm. Um, And then I sort of fell upon Richmond. And then a series of events and situations, I found a house in Scorton and they'd just built some new houses. So that really suited a lady who does not do DIY (laughs) and was constantly away from home. Um, And I, I bought a beautiful little house on the edge of Scorton Village And then three years later, met my now husband. Um, And so I moved again further up the dale. Um, So I'm well up the top end of Swelldale now. And um, as a result of that move, I decided to stop doing my consultancy and training work because I was away from home all the time. And I'd I'd already trained as a homeopath. And I did that 
excuse me, I did that part-time and uh, thought, well, what can I add in? Because homeopathy at the top end of Swelldale is not actually going to make you an awful lot of money to live on. Um, so I'd always been interested in aromatherapy and all these other things. So basically, I started studying and did proper NVQ courses and have gradually built up and built up and built up uh, my knowledge and my qualifications. So now that I'm a skin specialist. Well, yes. I mean, I know I've known you for a long time and I know several of the locations that you've that you've been based in but I think this is definitely a good one that you've moved to now and you can tell from the quiet Mm. I mean there are a lot of people working in all these buildings around us but it is totally silent like this you hear the sheep um, which clients love Mm. um, when they're lying in the treatment room and you know, um, they're really not disturbed by anything. It's a very relaxing environment. I think having had a massage somewhere in the past where there's been building work going on in the building next door, <laughs> it can be very distracting. Yeah. You're not yeah. going to relax, are you? Yeah. But this is very peaceful here. Now then, I just wondered if you would um, give give us some of the background about some of the skin problems that you deal right. with yeah. and some of your skin knowledge for us. Right. <laughs> well... If we sort of think about what's going on in the world right now, you'll see a lot about environmental issues. Um, One of the first thoughts in my mind of all those firefighters going into Notre Dame and all the other people who are helping is how terrible that will be on their skin because of the pollutants in the air, not less the heat. And the surrounding areas, all the people living around Notre Dame, the ash getting into their homes. Um, so, there's, But that's going to affect their skin. Mm-hmm. And we don't really think about that. And now that's the sort of some of the things I really think about is where people live and what people encounter significantly affects the health of their skin. So whilst we're blessed up here in Richmondshire with probably very low levels of pollution, Um, We do find, because a lot of people live an open outdoor life, um, a great deal of damage from the UVA and UVB rays. Plus, people being in front of computers constantly, they're being affected by the UVC rays of the the blue light, blue light rays. Sorry, not UV, it said blue light. So, um, computers do contribute quite significantly, but this is a an under-researched area, but it is something that's of growing concern of people sitting in front of blue light off computers day in, day out. Um, So what we tend to see is compromised skin barriers. So there'll be redness, inflammation, um, problematic skin, breakouts, spots, different levels of acne. Um, Rosacea is a one that's on the increase, and that particularly affects women, and it tends to be in the over 40s. So people think maybe they've escaped um, the horrors of teenagehood and so on, um, and then, lo and behold, they start to develop rosacea. Um, and rosacea and acne are very volatile conditions, which can be quite difficult to um, follow and see consistent improvement, so people can get frustrated. But... Be persistent and consistent is what I say to people. Um, And it also depends how long you've had the condition. So that can affect how long it takes to sort of resolve matters. Um, And everybody is unique, which is why I call myself a holistic skin clinic, because I add other things in 
to my treatments, which are going to help people um, manage their skin conditions better because stress, lack of sleep, um, medication, um, big changes, life changes seriously affect um, your skin because of the release of hormones, um, which stimulate the overproduction of sebum. And people think, oh, sebum oil, bad. No, actually, you need sebum in your skin, but you need it in the right uh, levels. Um, so it's really, if you can get people's levels healthy, then their skin will perform properly and therefore it will be healthy. So it's I'm not really into the business of um, saying to people, this is anti-aging. It's more about age preservation and health not people might call it not beauty I can't really quite think of the word um vanity mm. it's not about mm. vanity it's about health. health yes definitely um so those are the kinds of conditions we're dealing with more and more people um come to me post 40 when they really start to see the changes and they don't understand my skin never used to be like this and now it is. And then I can start to explain to them how the skin, which is the body's largest organ, it is an organ, and it has seven incredibly important jobs to do, one of which is protection. And it's, for something that is so microscopically thin, it has a huge lot of biochemistry going on in it, and it's absolutely fascinating. And I, I sort of throw my hands up in horror when I see people using quite aggressive treatments on this precious, precious fine skin and try to sort of steer them away from that sort of thing by explaining how the skin performs and how the cells work. And when you age, cells start to change. Ingredients, if you like, within the skin start to alter and deplete and this is why you're seeing the changes when you're over 40 and then when you're postmenopausal. So all of these things can be managed. They can be managed safely and they can be managed without excessive um, aggression on the skin. Um, I'm not a great fan of Botox and fillers. Um, they have their place for people. I choose not to study that or to, to perform those. But I do know some very good people that I would refer people on to if, if that's what they wanted. Yes, definitely. Well, can you can you go through, I know you explained to me last time I saw you, can you go through the different, have you time to go through the different mm. levels of, uh, of skin and the problems sure. that you can get? So um, the skin is made of five layers of the epidermis and two layers of the dermis. As I say, these are incredibly thin. And your new cells develop at the bottom layer of the dermis. And in a natural cycle, they go from being a, a certain shape and quite plump, and they move up these other levels till eventually they get to what we call the stratum corneum, which is what you're looking at in the mirror. Now that stratum corneum is on average between 15 and 30 cells thick. Different people, different, mm. but that's roughly uh, how thick it is. And then the layers below that are thinner than that, so they have less cells thickness. So when you're looking in the mirror, you are looking at that very top cell. And 
that can give you a good idea of what's going on, particularly to the trained eye. But I also have a very fascinating piece of machinery called the Observe 520, which photographs lower down into the skin and can show up for the clients um, things like depth of pigmentation, how much pigmentation there is in the skin. Pigmentation is when you're getting dark patches in the skin, and this is from UV damage. It can also show up bacteria levels, which you won't be aware of. We need bacteria on the skin. The top layer of our, our face has got um, the Dermadex mite on it. It's also got the P. acnes bacteria, which is where the word acne comes from. And P. acnes bacteria is a, a healthy, just like in our gut, it's a healthy bacteria, which causes us a problem when it turns pathogenic. And it will turn pathogenic when the balance of the natural chemicals and flora on the surface of our skin go out of balance. So we don't have sufficient water in the skin. Our sebum levels are too high or too low. Our bacteria levels are too high. That equation, if you like, is out of balance and we have what's called um, poor barrier function. So the skin is not protecting us as well as it might. So environmental aggressors get into the skin and start to cause problems, which can manifest themselves as spots, irritation, inflammation, redness, dryness, etc. So moving, as you have this natural cycle of the cell moving from the bottom to the top, as you age, that takes longer. So one of the things about, oh, you must have a facial every month, comes from the fact that that natural cycle when you're younger is between 28 and 32 days. When you're closer to our age, hello 60, <laughs> um, it's, you know, 70 plus days. So our skin starts to look flat, dull, dry, lacking in life. And these are the things that people start to see. But the reason is, is because that cell renewal and turnover from the bottom to the top has slowed down. And there's loads of things we can do to stimulate that and, and, and make your skin glowing again. We call it getting the glow. Mm -hmm. um, and you look really natural. That's mm -hmm. the other really important thing. Um, so there you have these really important levels, all lots of different uh, biochemical things going on. But from the client's point of view, the three things that are so important is I've talked about the balance of the natural chemicals on the surface of the skin. But we have two other barrier functions. We have special cells in that stratum corneum called corneocytes whose job is to hold on to water. Now, we cannot absorb water through the skin because what would happen when we went in the bath? Mm. So we hold on to water from within. And so we've got various mechanisms to help hold on to moisture. And the corneocytes are one of them. If people have got compromised or damaged barriers on the surface, those corneocytes won't be working. Right. So you've lost a way of holding on to moisture. So let's assume when I've talked about the other barrier function of your, your levels of your P. acnes and your sebum and your water, that's not, that's called your acid mantle, that's not working well. Your corneocytes are not working well. The other thing you've got is called the lipid bilayer. And this is where, when you look at the skin cells under a microscope, you can see they're arranged like a brick wall arrangement. And there's lipids in between, and they're oils. 
fatty acids. And what happens is just like concrete, if those um, get exposed, then it collapses the uh, lipids. So the concrete becomes loose, it falls out, your cells are then shaky and not held together. And so it means your lipid bilayer cracks, essentially. So that allows more moisture out of the skin, more microbes and nasties into the skin. So a lot of my job is about getting those three barrier functions, as I like to think of them, working well and working healthily. And that's usually the first thing you need to do for most people. So it's a staged process. Don't do anything aggressive on the skin. It just isn't necessary because people can see a huge change just in doing that. So what then would you recommend? What would someone start off with? So depending on the degree of sensitization, the degree of problem you're looking at, I might even say, let's just start you with a skin supplement. Because for highly reactive, sensitized skin, so imagine very red, very sore, reacts to touch, can be very problematic, even with a, a, an emollient product, that's like a softening product, mm. with very little in it, if you like. Um, you want to keep your hands off that skin maybe initially. And I would be suggesting they take vitamin A. Vitamin A is the single most important vitamin for healthy skin. And that's a whole podcast all on its own. <laughs> it's really fascinating. I'd also be suggesting they take omegas, which because that's basically like moisturizing the skin from within. Um, vitamin C is very important because the body cannot produce collagen without vitamin C. So some uh, listeners might be saying, well, what's collagen? So going back to those layers of our skin, if you go right back down to those dermal layers I was talking about, in there, imagine this scaffolding. And that scaffolding is made up of different fibres. One fibre is called collagen, the other fibre is called elastin. Now, they basically give the skin plumpness, uh, structure, turgidity, lift. As we age that collagen starts to collapse, the elastin stops producing, um, and we have a jelly-like substance that fills the holes in the scaffolding, the gaps, and that's called, um, well, it's got a really lovely word, they're called glycosaminoglycans, which took me a long time to learn to say, and 90% of those are made of hyaluronic acid. So in, you know, lots of marketing and adverts, you might see that these words, hyaluronic acid. And basically, it's a really, really clever thing because hyaluronic acid is able to hold a thousand times its own weight in water. It is a sponge. So it's yum, yum, and fills out and helps to hold up the scaffolding. So collagen can't be produced without vitamin C, water, iron, and uh, an amino acid called lysine. So we need all those things from our food, as well as from what we put on our skin, and also, I would say, from supplementation. So this is why I'd be suggesting supplements in the first case. Let's just assuming the case isn't as bad as that. So yes, let's have some supplements. What would we then do with the, the from a product perspective? Well, I follow the Feed 45 Finnish philosophy as um, really given by three people. 
Dr. Des Fernandes, who is a South African plastic surgeon who developed the Environ skincare range, which I use in the salon. Uh, Jane Iredale, she was a um, casting director in Hollywood who saw the damage that was being done to actors and actresses' skin um, through using aggressive uh, theatrical makeup and it not being cleaned off properly. Um, and that, that was then affecting their skin health. And then that was subsequently interfering with their ability to have confidence when they were coming to auditions so they weren't getting jobs. So she decided to make her own makeup range. Long story, 20 odd years later, it's an, an enormous range. So that's finishing your skin with good quality, pure makeup. And she calls herself the skincare makeup range. Dr. Des Fernandes um, is a cancer skin cancer specialist. And it was based out on that that he developed the Environ range. So he's um, fortify your skin with topical application. And then an organisation called the IIAA, um, which distributes Jane Iredale and Environ, they have their own company called the Advanced Nutrition Programme, which is basically um, their, their lead nutritionist is a lady called Lorraine Peretta. And they developed a skin-specific skincare supplement range. And that's feed your skin from within, as well as, of course, having a good diet, sleep and all the other good things that we know we need and don't always get. <laughs> Quite a lot of really good advice there, Kathy. Yes. Yeah, so I know it's, it's a lot to take in, but when it comes to the product side, depending on what I'd seen in the um, Observe 520 picture, I might be just suggesting to people cleanser and a moisturiser. So I would be suggesting a very low-level vitamin A moisturiser and I would be suggesting um, one of three or four cleansers depending on their skin type um, to not only clean the skin but to keep the skin's acid mantle in good balance. And just start it simple. Mm. There's nothing worse, I think, than people going somewhere and walking out with a massive bag of products that they're a little bit bamboozled about they may use some, the others just sit in the drawer, don't get used, they don't get the results they want, then they get defeated and think, oh, well, you know, what? so start small, go low, go slow. And then people will get a sense of trust in that you're suggesting products because that's what they need, not because that's what I want to sell to them. Hmm. And I only keep products in the salon that I feel passionate about, that I know work, and that have got good science behind them and there's a lot of um, rubbish talked about uh, skincare um, there's a lot of people out there practicing without proper qualifications which I think the, the industry is trying to address um, I've got my level four in advanced skin science um, which I think is probably being one of the single best things I've ever done in terms of truly understanding what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and it's really good from an industry point of view. So if there's any listeners out there who are thinking of moving into this world or have got children that might be interested in, the career path is becoming clearer and better in terms of qualifications. So where did you actually study? So I did my homeopathy um, at the uh, London School of Classical uh, Homeopathy. And... Um, because I'm a great user of all things holistic, so I manage my entire health with homeopathy, acupuncture, cranial sacral osteopathy, massage, reflexology, etc. 
Um, I know a lot about those other subjects and I am a reflexologist as well. Um, when I came to the sort of beauty side and the, the holistic massage, I went to Bishop Auckland College. Now, people sort of raise their eyebrows when you say the words Bishop Auckland, but that college was absolutely fantastic. Um, the holistic and the beauty department at that time was run by really uh, experienced, well-qualified uh, people who not only had the education, but they also had the hands-on experience and they had the biz- uh, running a business. Mm. So they had a lot to offer the students there. Um, and so I found it really, really beneficial. And then I did my holistics there, but... Um, you know, I'm a, a university graduate with postgraduate qualifications. It was a little bit slow for me. So <laughs> I then went to a private college and did beauty and I did makeup and hair. Um, I do no hair now, but I do do a lot of makeup um, because that gave me the, the speed. Mm. I, I didn't need to learn how to fill in forms and other things, which school leavers, if they were leaving very young, they had no experience of this Mm. sort of thing. So the college at Bishop Auckland was also able to give them a foundation in what it's like to do a skin consultation or any form Mm. of consultation and filling in a form properly. You know, I really didn't need that. But, uh, you know, it is critically important, critically important. So my skin consultations can take up to an hour. Yes, because you need to get all of the background information in order to at least know what you're dealing with. Yes, and I think also, um, and this goes back really to client trust and clients understanding what's happening, because things can get worse before they get better. Mm. Not always, um, and a particular case is in point, can be acne, because that can be, is so dependent on people's hormonal state. And you see it so often in the young where their exam stress, changing school, puberty is coming, the whole, you know, boy, girl, sexuality, learning about identity, um, you know, perhaps breaking away a bit from their parents' control. You've got all those issues going on. And I have seen somebody's skin flare up tremendously under exam pressure. And a week later, when it's all over, it's a different skin. Mm. And you know that skin care really important but it doesn't change your endocrine system and that's what you need to address <laughs> if you know skin care is not going to be sufficient for some people it's a game changer mm. but for other people it's only part of the solution and one of the things about you know being a qualified homeopath is that i understand the broader picture of what's going on in people's lives and how that plays out. So I have a lot of knowledge I can draw upon to help people through this process. So when you come here, it's not about, uh, well, have a treatment, there's a bag of products, bye-bye. I'm really in it for the long haul. So some of my clients have been with me, you know, 10 more years. Right. Um, and they're tracking their skin um, as they're getting older, their skin is actually looking better than it was five years ago. <laughs> I'm sure if we all follow your advice, we'd all look <laughs> 10 years younger. <laughs> um, one thing that, that I'm just a little bit curious about that I'd heard, well, 
that every seven years, every cell in your body changes. Yes, that, that would be right. And so in, how does that then affect the skin? And is it the elastin that's making... I'm just wondering, the wrinkles, as you get older, sure, the wrinkles. How, how is it that, yeah. that it doesn't improve okay. every seven years? So the bad news is that at 25, elastin stops producing. Totally. Right. No more elastin is grown. Mm. You've got what you've got. So this is why you need to look after it. So this is why in the beauty industry, the age of 25, people be saying, well, it's time to start mm. looking after things. Um, there are only uh, a couple of um, treatments that can actually uh, create new elastin. Um, and they're quite, a, in my eyes, they're on the more aggressive end. Mm. Um, they can be very, very beneficial, but I think it's better to look after what you've got, so prevention is better than cure. Um, collagen starts to deplete at 30. So this is why you will see another change in your skin at 30. And then, of course, into your 40s, the hormones are beginning to change in levels. And those changes in levels will then continue till post-menopause so by the time you've reached my age you've got nothing but it isn't instantaneous they gradually decrease in quantity and relationship to each other the various hormones um so that's why there's a difference between 50 to 60 and 60 to 70 the other thing that goes on of course is the muscle loss we start to lose um, muscle integrity. So you get the drop. Mm. So we call that the reverse triangle. Everything's going south, isn't it? And of course, it doesn't just apply to the face and no. the jowls. Dare I say it, the boobs and the rest of it is all going <laughs> down south. Um, so um, it's all part of the same process. Mm. Now, estrogen is one of the things that holds on to water. So when we start to lose oestrogen, we again start to people, older ladies will say to me, my skin's getting drier. Never used to be like this. Well, it's also the loss of oestrogen. But I think another th important thing is, is that uh, people need to understand genetics plays an important part. But it's only about 20% of your aging process with regards to your skin. The rest is lifestyle and therefore under your control. So that's like the good news. Mm. Um, there is things that we can do for ourselves. And in recent years, because of the rise of skin cancer, which is a significant rise, um, and we're seeing it in countries where we, we think of Australia, we think of all the hot countries, we're seeing it in Ireland, not a nation known for high sun and etc. Very big increase. Uh, over there specifically in ireland yeah. not just the uk no, generally the why ireland. ireland then well is it because I'm, and i'm from irish heritage um very pale skin i mean like 10 minutes and mm. i will burn in the in the sun and it doesn't have to be particularly hot sun mm. so my face my body really doesn't go anywhere near the sun and if it is it's thoroughly lathered in uh, a good physical spf um, and again we could talk for a week about spfs um, but I think they're seeing several things going on. Change in lifestyle. More people are able to travel abroad. They're more able to go on 
hot holidays in skin that is not used to it and that burns quickly the damage is done quicker and more seriously um i think also um and, and really perhaps this is just me talking rather than there being any research to it but part of my observation is that there is a, a community almost of people who don't see any value in looking after your skin and because of that I would call it neglect they would say well what does it matter but because of that neglect the injury to the skin is more significant we're living longer and therefore we might be seeing more than previously I, I don't know about that that's just a thought in my mind that sometimes when you talk to people um, they glaze over because they don't see why you would do anything with your skin oh it's me oh I'm happy as I am because they're associating looking after your skin with vanity and a certain type of woman or man mm. um, who they don't value they think they're though perhaps those people are not spending their time and money on things they should be doing but I always liken it to a lady I once worked with many many years ago and her thing was shoes she would wear and I'm talking 1980 early 1980s she would spend two to three hundred pounds on a pair of shoes wow. this was somebody on a teacher's salary nothing she loved shoes but if I said to her I've spent two hundred pounds on a handbag She'd have gone, what? Because she doesn't value that any more than I would have valued her six-inch stilettos with about three straps on and she was paid. <laughs> but she loved them. So it's about what, what floats your boat. So I'm trying to get over that a bit by educating people about the science of the skin and that it isn't vanity. It is all really about your overall health. And I think a lot of people are beginning to recognise that damaged skin and how it affects people's confidence out there, whether you're young or old um, or in between, um, does affect how people are able to interact with other people. There's some pretty scary statistics I've read somewhere about the effect of acne on people's skin. And you can have acne well into don't have to be a, a teenager to get it um i think it was something something like 42 percent had considered suicide 80 percent felt that it affected their ability to get promotions or be considered for work or they were classed as being dirty and um, so there are these sort of also unseen factors um if somebody's got um maybe a very large patch of pigmentation that's becoming raised. Um, they might become very conscious of that. They might start to wear very thick makeup in an attempt to hide it, which is perhaps not very healthy for their skin, so they're creating other problems. So, you know, it is a big, big subject, skin is. And I do think we are beginning to see a rather a much broader conversation mm. out there about, about it particularly now that there's the greatest understanding that we've probably ever had about how uva and uvb damages the skin so uva think aging 
UVB think burning. UVA rays go deeper into the skin. They reach the dermis layers of the skin. So they can create cellular change right at the area where the skin cell is, if you like to term it, being born. So if it's damaging down there, how damaged Mm -hmm. is it going to be by the time it gets to the top? The UVB rays are shorter, so they're the ones that burn the skin, equally can create serious skin uh, health conditions. Um, But in the past, people were really only concerned about UVB, but now we have the understanding that UVA is just as equally important to protect ourselves from. Now, the thing with UVA is it's a bit sneaky. It can go through glass, plastic, light clothing, and cloud. So when people say to me, oh, yes, I only I wear SPF when it's sunny, you know, I go, no, 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 no. You need to be wearing it every single day. So my face, neck, and decollete does not even, even in the house, I wear UV protection because I'm incredibly fair-skinned and we have very big windows in our house and it's south-facing. So I can easily start to get irritated red skin if I was, say, sitting at a desk in front of a window, working away in front of my computer. I had no idea that it would come, that it would affect you even inside the house. Yes. And I think the really, one of the very fascinating things that's been for me is my husband. Now, I married late in life. My husband was a Mr. Outdoors. Um, and he didn't really do anything with his skin. He would always use SPF when outdoors. Um, but then he started to get very obvious pigmentation. Um, and my father had had a basal cell carcinoma. So I knew what these things looked like. And I said to my husband, you need to be paying more attention to your skin. Well, of course, I'm his wife. <laughs> I can make him do things. Oh, come and, come and be a, a test case in Claire for this new facial I'm having, you know. And he comes and has one thinking he's been doing me a favour and being a guinea pig. And I'm slapping all this stuff on his face. Anyway, he's stuck with it. And for the last 18 months, he's been a regular user of everything I tell him to use. And he's really seeing a change to the point that he's now pointing out to me when we're running low on products <laughs> because he doesn't want it to go back to the way it was. He wants to keep on top of it. And I thought, I think I count that as a really big success. That's a huge success. <laughs> Mr. Yorkshire, Mr. Outdoors, never really used even a moisturizer. And here he is, all the stuff's lined up and he's using it. So I'm, I'm really pleased with him. And we are seeing um, a real change in that that pigmentation. So do you get, I mean, I'm, I was presuming that the majority of your clients would be female. You're getting men here as well? I do get men here as well. Um, and I also have what I call sneaky men <laughs> who send their wives, because their wives come here or their daughters or whatever. They've come, they've seen the benefit. And I say, oh, will you get me some of that? And And they start using it at home. And then they start asking more questions. Mm. And I do have a couple who come for treatments. And I have one young man um, who had um, a combination, really, um, of rosacea and unbelievably dry. I mean, I've never seen anything so dry as his skin. Mm. Because of the rosacea, he didn't put anything on the skin. Plus, he was shaving. And, Mm. you know, so it really was in in a poor state. And he's totally committed to it 
Um, and he's only 21. Well, and at that age too, it's the self-esteem and confidence can be devastating, I'm sure, if it's not right. Yes. And you do get the, you know, and I take absolute hats off to them, you know, the robust ones um, that maybe say, well, I don't care. Mm. And they are able to manage their way through the teenage people pointing or making comments uh, about them. And their skin does change when the hormones settle. Um, And I've known a couple of young men who have managed their way through that. Mm. And, you know, absolute hats off to them that they've done that. But for me, what is wrong in just using a bit of moisturiser to help you along the way? Because they don't know that the unseen damage that my Observe 520 would show, they'll see later on. Mm. And when they're 30 and 40 and they'll start to see it. Um, And again, it's not vanity. It's about the skin health and keeping it as healthy as possible. The oldest client that's ever, that I know of, that's been to see Dr. Des Fernandez was a 92-year-old lady. And her skin was in a, you know, I could only say a pitiful condition, very badly sun damaged. She'd got precancerous cells. um, And he really turned it around. No, of course, it didn't look like when she was 50, but her skin was a lot softer, smoother and more protected. Mm. And, And she felt great. That was one of the questions, not 90, but it's one of the questions that I was thinking about asking you is, is was there an age that you can go, well, there's nothing we can do to improve this, that yeah. you always can make things... You can always improve. And I had a client recently who, we have to be very conscious in this business of a thing called body dysmorphia. And I think it's one of the concerns that was highlighted when um, Superdrug announced they were going to be doing... Botox and fillers, etc., in their shops. Um, that sort of whole concept is, oh, you just pop in for a bit of plastic. It is, it is <laughs> it's a bit of, bit of plastic surgery, isn't it? <laughs> Without the surgery. Um, and um, I think there were a lot of alarm bells went because that can play into people's self-esteem issues if they've mm. got, and maybe they'll overdo it. Not everybody will, but some might. This client, I wouldn't say she's got body dysmorphia, but I think she has an, a more negative view of what her skin looks like. So she was very concerned about the jowl area and she felt it was dropping. The lady is over 50. She's incredible. I would say there's very little drop. Um, she's very, very healthy, very, very fit. She does look after her skin, however minimally, but she does do it. So for me, trying to explain to her that she's not going to have, through having this particular treatment she's chosen, she's not going to get skin that's looking like she was 30. And I am trying to extricate out that what she's saying is actually a jowl drop, is actually the skin becoming, looking rougher. We get that uh, orange peel look as mm. we get older. So she's attributing something in the wrong way. If she just looked after her skin a little bit better, she would see an overall improvement, which I actually think would then make her take her eye off what she perceives as dropping jowls. Is that making sense? How people can come in with one idea because that's how they perceive it. But actually... 
It's something else. It's something else. And some people, through the explanations, etc., and them allowing you to do the treatment that you actually think is best for them, um, they get it. Hmm. But then there are other people who know that's what I think my problem is and that's what I want fixed. And I'll say, okay, I'll do that for you. But bear in mind, I'm saying I don't think you're going to get the results you're expecting. Mm. And so I think that's fair on them. It's fair to me. And then if that's, well, that's fine. They want to go somewhere else and have it done. That's also fine. Because really, I'm interested in working with people who get what I'm about. Mm. I'm not about something else. So I don't sell jumpers. I sell cardigans. Mm. It's that kind of approach. (laughs) So I'm not going to be somebody who is one thing fits all. It isn't. Mm. Every facial here is bespoke. It doesn't matter who you are. The price is the same. Mm. I charge an hourly rate and that's it. Mm. I can do a number of different uh, procedures, if you like, or product ranges or tools that I can use within that time to achieve the result the person's looking for. Or also the result that I'm hoping that, that that we'll get. Thank you for thank you for all of that, Kathy. So much more I can say. And if anybody is interested in any particular thing I've said and wants to hear more, then come along. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't charge for a skin consultation if people purchase a course of facials thereafter. Um, but I do charge for the time if they just come for the consultation mm. uh, and, and go. But hopefully they will find it, even if they don't choose to stick with me, they're going to find it a very interesting um, process about how they can be empowered to do something positive for themselves and their own skin health. And edu- educational, definitely, yeah. because yeah. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about yes. uh, what we should and shouldn't yeah. be doing, definitely. Yeah. So how would they contact you then? What would so they do? So you can send an email to salon at gingertreebeauty.co.uk. That's probably the best way to, to get to me um, because when I'm with clients, obviously I can't answer the phone. Um, the phone number is 01748 889 350. And also, um, I've got an online booking system. So if you go to the website, gingertreebeauty.co.uk, then you'll see there's an online booking and just book skin consultation. And don't worry about booking the wrong thing. We'll sort it out on the day. <laughs> Once you get here. Yeah, in, in safe hands, definitely. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much, Cathy. Not at all. Thank you. This is Susan signing out from Inside Yorkshire. Thank you.